your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 6, 2021. Your boy Q here, now a couple days removed from that Monday night meltdown that the Raiders had, uh, losing to the Chargers 28-14, their first L of the season. Of course, Tuesday was that day you kind of woo-saw, you kind of have that therapy moment, you kind of just let it all out, all your emotions out, and then you realize, you come back to reality and realize, hey, after four games, the Raiders are 3-1. and one. Played four really tough teams, four AFC opponents. You know, I know the Chargers are a division opponent, so you want to win that game but uh, you know there'll be other days there'll be other division games that the Raiders can uh, get their revenge including the last game of the season week uh, 18 when they play the Chargers hopefully that game will mean a lot hopefully there'll be a lot riding on that game and they can get some revenge that'll be something to kind of drive them throughout the uh, the course of the season so uh, I do before we get into today's show want to thank everyone for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day remember you can find the Lockdown Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms I even found out on Tuesday uh, I had a tweet from my guy John and said, hey, man, it's not up on iHeartRadio yet, uh, their app. I didn't even know it was on there. So apparently it's everywhere. So that's cool. Anywhere you can find your podcast, it's it's there. Locked on Raiders podcast, first listen each and every day. I appreciate you. And normally, like I told my guy, John, I have it up there super early. I try to get it up about 12.15 every single morning Pacific Standard Time. And on Tuesday, it was a little bit later. It's probably like 2.30, maybe 3 o'clock in the morning just because it was a late night uh, with Monday Night Football. But uh, for the most part, man, I like to have it up early in the morning because I know folks get up, uh, get ready to go to work, and they like to listen on their commute to work. So I try to make that happen. If any a time that you get up and it's like 9 or 10 o'clock in the, in the afternoon and, or in the morning and you're not seeing it, uh, either it didn't load right, something's going on, uh, because no, it's, it's going to be up way before that. So just a kind of uh, a point of reference. So coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts. Even got a tweet that I want to share with you, a lot of feedback. Again, just uh, kind of being the final day of therapy, and then you start to turn your attention to week five, the Chicago Bears headed to Allegiant Stadium. So your calls and texts and tweets coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, going to talk about the big bugaboo, going to talk about the offensive line and the struggles that it's facing right now and how that's got to get corrected Quick, fast, and in a hurry, of course, the Chicago Bears, Khalil Mack. Uh, they also have uh, uh, Robert Quinn. He's a really good pass rusher. I mean, they got guys that can get after it. So the offensive line is going to be tested. And who's going to be out there? That's going to be the big question. So we're going to talk about the offensive line, uh, talk about the struggles that they have and, and what they could do moving forward or how they could possibly do some things moving forward. That'll be segment number two here in segment number one, news in the notes of the day, as we always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So John Gruden, he met with the media on Tuesday. It was only him. It was no players. He does that always after the games, uh, kind of give you an update on everything going on. So uh, took some sound bites from that media session. I want to bring them to you right now. Off top is the opening statement from John Gruden, where he kind of uh, lets you know about a few of the injuries, not all of them. He doesn't have any concrete answers on a lot of the guys yet, because right now the Raiders look like they're the walking wounded. Got a lot of banged up dudes, potentially a lot of banged up dudes in the secondary as well, which is not good. But here's John Gruden's opening statement about the game on Monday night. Still have uh, several players that are getting uh, MRIs and imaging, but uh, Derek Carrier hurt his pec. Uh, Damon Arnett is uh, being looked at with a groin injury, and Trayvon Mullen's foot. Peyton Barber left the game. He's he's got a toe problem. We're still looking into. Um, I'm sure there's a couple other guys, but 
I'll be happy to answer any questions I can. So sticking with the injury theme, John Gruden was asked about those guys, some of the guys that he just mentioned being injured. How much concern is there? Is there any concern that some of these guys could be out for the long term? Yes, there is concern. And uh, uh, I don't want to break any bad news today, but certainly there is concern. And once we know something, I'm sure you'll find out it's ASAP. So very short, to the point, but didn't sound good, right? Uh, he's very concerned. I, I do believe that we'll find out something today about some of these guys. I'm hoping it's not Trayvon Mullen, who I know everyone's not on, on the same page as far as uh, how good he is. But I'll tell you right now, he's better than the options that the Raiders have outside of Trayvon Mullen. Now, Casey Hayward is playing some really good ball, but Damon Arnett, who also is banged up with the groin injury, I mean, he goes into the game and, and he's on the struggle bus. Amik Robertson, you got to give him a lot of credit for going in there. But Nate Haas is being evaluated for a concussion on Monday night, so you don't want him to miss some, some time. I mean, the Raiders, I mentioned it, are the walking wounded. You just don't know who's even going to be available for this game on Saturday. But uh, I'm really concerned with some guys in the secondary going down. I'm worried about Trayvon Mullen because uh, I do think he's one of the Raiders' best options. Uh, Damon Arnett, if he goes down and he's out for the season, and I'm not wishing injury on anybody, I don't think that that's a huge loss except for he just takes a, it's a depth hit. He just hasn't been very good. As soon as he comes into the game, uh, he gets targeted immediately because he just hasn't been playing up to up to snuff. And that's unfortunate, again, for the former first-round draft pick, number 19 overall, just two seasons ago. Sticking with the injury theme, how about guys that could potentially be coming back from injury? John Gruden was asked about the guys that are on IR right now that uh, are they expecting any of them to come back and contribute possibly this week? Yeah, we're going to look at Jalen a little bit harder this week. Um he uh, got his first duty last week in, in terms of being activated off IR. We think Keyshawn Nixon will show up uh, and, and start to work himself back in tomorrow. Uh, but those are the two guys. Incognito is still a work in progress. Unfortunately, I don't have anything else to update you other than that. So right there, Jalen Richard, he's a guy that they're going to continue to work on, Keyshawn Nixon. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't think that Jalen Richard was needed as much at the beginning of the season. I thought the Raiders had some really good depth at that running back position. But with Peyton Barber going down, Kenyon Drake not being very effective, and Josh Jacobs still not 100%, it looks like Jalen Richard is really needed. So if they are able to get him back into the mix, that will be a good thing. And obviously the secondary I mentioned before, I think that that's going to take a big hit. Keyshawn Nixon is going to be be needed as well. Uh, he's really uh, a depth piece as well. He's not a guy who's going to be a lockdown corner. He's not going to come save the day, but he can help out in a pinch. Amik Robertson, like I said before, is doing a good job. Hopefully Nate Hobbs is okay and he's able to play on Sunday, but man, they are banged up for sure. So it'd be nice to see those guys get back sooner rather than later. Doesn't sound like Keyshawn Nixon will be available for this week, but maybe Jalen Richard will be back this week. Now, one of the biggest problems that the Raiders had, of course, this one of their biggest bugaboos right now is the fact that they're getting off to slow starts. How do they get this thing cooking? They spotted Baltimore 14 points, spotted Miami 14 points, spotted the Chargers 21 points, and obviously weren't able to come back from that one, but why are they getting off to such slow starts? Has John Gruden been able to identify the reason for the slow starts? Yeah, there's obvious things that uh, we have to do. You know, we, um, we have to pass protect better early in games. Sometimes it's, it's been a number of things. We've had errant shotgun snaps. You know, I've got to call some better plays, no doubt. Um, we got to get our running game going at some point early in a game. But we just haven't done very well early in games, let's be honest. And uh, 
that needs to change. It really does. It needs to change quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, they've got to find ways to get off to better starts. They just can't keep spotting teams' points and thinking they're going to come back every time. You play with fire, you know the old saying, right? Play with fire, you're going to get burned. Well, the Raiders have been getting burned. You hear John Gruden talk about the lack of the run game. That was one of my biggest keys to the game. I thought that they needed to get the run game going against the Chargers, who were terrible against the run, and, well, they weren't able to do it. So John Gruden was asked about the lack of the run game. Is it a scheme problem? Is it a blocking problem? Or is it a want-to problem? Here's John Gruden talking about the run game. We've just had a lot of moving parts, you know. I mean, different running backs. You know, we've had a number of different offensive linemen. We knew we were going to be young up front to start the year, but, um, you know, we lost a couple guards. It's not been easy. We brought in some new players that we really didn't even have during training camp. So uh, it's a work in progress, and it's not easy. It's a tough thing to do in this league, uh, running the football. And um, we're going to continue to work at it and get better at it. So there's John Gruden right there talking about the running game, the lack of the run game, how it's hard to do it in the league, something that we've been talking about with him in media sessions for a few weeks now. And, of course, Peyton Barber did a decent job. We actually did a good job against Miami going for 111, most of those in the second half. But getting hurt early in the game on Monday did not help out the Raiders' cause at all. Uh, Josh Jacobs just kind of looked like he was a little bit slow after missing a couple weeks. He just wasn't 100% you know, conditioned to be in that game. And so – uh, unfortunately, uh, it's, it's still a work in progress for the run game. And, and, unfo- and unfortunately, I'll take it a step further, Kenyon Drake has not been the guy that the Raiders expected when they signed him. Thought he was going to be a lot better, going to be that one-two punch with Josh Jacobs, and he just hasn't been that guy at all. So that's been disappointing as well. It's the reason why they brought in Peyton Barber. You know, it's the reason why uh, Jalen Richard looks like he needs to be back out on the field because, well, uh, the run game is struggling and any way he can get jump started is a good thing. Got a couple more little sound bites for you, but I'll play those in segment number two. It'll be John Gruden talking about the offensive line and also rookie Alex Leatherwood. I did want to get to another quick nugget. How about this about Hunter Renfro? He's been doing a really good job, right? There's only eight players this season across the whole NFL with at least five catches in every game. Devontae Adams for the Packers, DJ Moore for the Panthers, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings, Debo Samuel for the 49ers, Cooper Cup with the Rams, Calvin Ridley with the Falcons, Brandon Cooks with uh, the Texans, and Hunter Renfro. All those players have five catches in every single game this season, only eight of them across the whole league. Shout out to Hunter Renfro, man. He's just doing some really good things, uh, including having a big hit on uh, on uh, on that play, that defensive play. Matter of fact, John Gruden was asked about that. Let me get to that soundbite real quick, too, since I'm talking about Hunter Renfro. He was asked about that play that Hunter Renfro made uh, in the first half when he came up and kind of diagnosed that that looked like it was going to be a busted play and the, the uh, Chargers were going to get a first down, and Hunter Renfro came up and, and laid a hit. So John Gruden was asked about that play. One of the best plays I've ever seen. One of the best plays I've ever seen effort, instincts, understanding the game, uh, and making the play. This guy's an amazing football player, and uh, I wish we had four of those guys. He's something else. Yes, he is. Hunter Renfro is something else. Uh, fun player to watch. Uh, he just does everything right. He really does. I know he dropped the ball early in the game on Monday Night Football, but, man, that dude just always makes himself available. He just goes out there and does a lot of heavy lifting uh, when some other players aren't available to do it. And so uh, he's he's been out there ever since he's been a member of the Silver and Black. It's been fun to watch him. And my final little nugget for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast is an NFL nugget, and it was kind of a surprise. I mean, I was surprised to see it. Adam Schefter reported on Tuesday evening the Cowboys released linebacker Jalen Smith and they owe him a lot of money this season still 7.2 million dollars they owe him and they released him and it's crazy because they just gave him a contract extension not too long ago so it shows that just because you give a player a contract extension doesn't really mean that 
He's that player. The, the Cowboys is a note that the Cowboys could have had Jalen Smith for one more year at $1.3 million and a restricted free agent tag around $4.8 million in 2020. Instead, they got to pay out about $19 million guaranteed over the next two years to have the option of paying $50.8 million to Smith over four years between 2021 and 2025. $7.2 million that he was owed this year is one of the reasons why they had to release him. No team was going to trade for him. And then $9 million against injury next year. So I, I saw a lot of people hit me up and say, hey, Jalen Smith needs to, uh, you know, the Raiders need to go sign him. He is struggling in the Cowboys' defense. That's why they released him. The Cowboys run the same defensive scheme as Gus Bradley does. So, uh, no, he would be no better than depth. I mean, that's maybe he's a healthy body, but then he's really not a healthy body. He's never been as healthy as he was when he was at Notre Dame and then had that horrific injury in the bowl game, unfortunately. He can't run sideline to sideline. He can run north and south. He can't run sideline to sideline. When I was in Texas and covering the Cowboys, I saw that up close to personal firsthand. Really, all Cowboy fans were surprised that they even gave him that contract extension. Thought it was kind of crazy, but that was Jerry Jones' guy. And now that they got uh, Dan Quinn there running that defense and they're looking really good, and they are looking really good defensively, they realize that that dude's a liability. So Raider Nation, I know that uh, you know you want to bring in some bodies because the Raiders are the walking wounded, but Jalen Smith's not going to bring a whole lot to the table. He's not really going to help out. Again, you could probably get him on the cheap, but... I just don't think he has too much to bring to the table for the silver and black, but that's just me. So we'll see what they do. We know that the Raiders love to go after Cowboys, former Cowboys. They always have that connection. So I would not be shocked to see him in the silver and black. I just don't think he'll bring, uh, be able to provide a lot to the team if they were to sign him. So that's all I got for you today for segment number one. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about that Raiders offensive line. And then tomorrow, we'll turn the page onto the Chicago Bears as they're headed to town, uh, coming off a win. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to have to have all attention on the Chicago Bears. But before we do that, of course, we'll talk about the Raiders O-line coming up in segment number two. I did also want to tell you about a great app that you need to have every single person that Buys Gas needs to have this app on their phone. It's called Get Upside. All listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast are making 25 cents, up to 25 cents, for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Make sure you use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people that drive a lot, they're making a lot of money, like $200 $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for up to 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. The app is called GetUpside. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about that offensive line not looking too good. We knew that it was going to be a work in progress. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. When you trade off your center, Rodney Hudson, who's an all-pro pro, he's just, I know he wasn't getting the props that he deserved when he was a member of the Silver and Black, but you knew how damn good he was. You knew how important he was to that offensive line. Then you trade away Gabe Jackson, who I think is a guy that was starting to slow down a little bit, but you still knew that he was dependable, right? Trent Brown, not a big deal. 
deal. He's in New England, and he's not even playing. I mean, he's playing about as much as he played with the Raiders. So uh, definitely not a surprise that they moved on from him and went and drafted a guy, uh, bringing Alex Leatherwood as the uh, right tackle of the future out of Alabama, number 17 overall pick. But you knew the rest of the line was going to have to gel. You knew Andre James was taking over for Rodney Hudson. That was going to be a work in progress. Denzel Good was taking over for Gabe Jackson. Well, he got injured and tore his ACL in the first game, early in the first game. So he's out for the whole season. And then... Richie Incognito, you know, the veteran veteran, 38 years old, coming back from an Achilles injury, uh, looked like he was going to give them maybe one more year, maybe not even a full year, just as many games as he could possibly go, give him a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a veteran presence there at the left guard position. He hasn't played all year. Instead, it's been John Simpson, and who knows? You know, John Gruden, as you'll hear when he's talking about, or you heard him actually in segment number one talking about the offensive line and Richie Incognito, no update on him. He's been dealing with a calf injury, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'll be surprised if he plays at all this season. I heard Lincoln Kennedy talking with Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle following my show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday, and he said that, hey, the plan was to get about six or seven good games out of Richie Incognito and then be able to make way for John Simpson and let him go ahead and take that that spot. You know, he'll be ready to go. Instead, John Simpson gets thrown into the fire immediately so he's got to step up. And he's had moments where he's been okay. I know some people have been critical of him. I thought there was moments he's been okay. Then there's been moments he's been bad. You know, and, and unfortunately on Monday, it was bad all around for the offensive line. So Pro Football Focus put out their grades for the offensive line. And I'll tell you right now, Pro Football Focus is not the end-all be-all. I say it all the time. But it does give you an idea. It kind of gauges what's going on, uh, what they're looking at, and how they're looking at this offensive line. And so the grades are out for the Raiders O-line. And I'll tell you, Raider Nation, they're not good. Left tackle, Colt Miller, who just got the contract extension, you know, he got it a little bit early, uh, and he's been the best one on the offensive line. He has a 72.1 grade, according to Pro Football Focus, which is good for 16th out of 73 potential left tackles in the league. How about left guard, John Simpson, who is in there for Richie Incognito? He has a 46.8 grade, which is good for 67th out of 75 potential left guards in the league. That's not good. Or guards in general in the league, 67 out of 75, not good. Andre James, the center, he's there because Rodney Hudson is now in Arizona. How is he doing so far? 38.8. That's good for 33rd out of 33 potential centers across the NFL. Andre James, dead last. So you're going from Rodney Hudson to dead last with Andre James. Again, not saying that he stinks, not saying he's going to be bad forever, but it's just not working yet. He's been not very good so far, and that's been a reason why things don't get done. Like the offensive line is not able to hold up and give Derek Carr enough time to, to get the rock out of his hands and get it to the playmaker or help open up holes for the run game. Right guard Jermaine Illuminor, how about him? He's a guy that is in there because Denzel Good is down with a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. Illuminor is in right now. He was actually replaced on Monday night, uh, and his replacement didn't do any better <laughs> at all. So I'm sure Illuminor will be back in there at right guard. 57.9. He ranks 48th out of 75. So think about this. Both guards, Simpson at left guard, 67 out of 75. Right guard Jermaine Illuminor, 48 out of 75. That in the lower half of the league as far as guard play goes. And then right tackle Alex Leatherwood, 31.1. Very low grade brought by Pro Football Focus. Good for 73rd out of 73 potential tackles in the league. Colton Miller, 16th. Alex Leatherwood, 73rd. So that's a lot of low numbers, a lot of low grades from Pro Football Focus on the Raiders offensive line. 
46.8 for John Simpson, 38.8 Andre James, 57.9 Jermaine Illuminor, and 31.1 Alex Leatherwood. The only guy with a passing grade is Colton Miller at a 72.1. They cannot keep that up. Derek Carr is going to get killed. I know a lot of people say just keep throwing the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, forget the run, uh, let the run you know, come together later after, uh, after the passing game uh, loosens things up. But with those grades, man, with those offensive line grades, there's a lot that, that, that you can't do. You know, so, I mean, getting getting Derek Carr set up for failure is not what the Raiders want to do. They don't want to not have their guy, their captain, the dude that makes everything go, and the, things, the guy who's made everything go so far this season. Uh, how about John Gruden talking about the offensive line and its struggles? One of the things he was asked on, uh, on Tuesday following the game during the media session were, what are the options? What other options are they looking at right now as far as trying to fix the offensive line and their issues? We're considering all options, but we like, we like our linemen. We really do. You know, we did have, uh, you know, we, we did have some pretty good outings. You know, we're not going to hit the panic button. We got to keep coaching. We got to keep developing these guys. And, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the medicine is, is, is what we all need. You know, we all need the taste of that, that medicine, even though we don't like the taste. You know, you got you to get back to work. You got to get back on the horse. You know, that horse will throw you off once in a while. And if you know anything about Bosa and some of these guys uh, in this league, they're pretty good at throwing you off your horse. So you got to be mentally tough and keep fighting. So there's John Gruden talking about the offensive line and different options that they have. I heard a lot of people say, go out and sign a free agent, go out there and make a big trade. And according to Vinny Bonsignor, who does In the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920, also the Las Vegas Review Journal, he said that the Raiders are kind of exhausting all options right now. But right now they are pretty comfortable with the guys that they have, at least the personnel. They just got to coach them up. And so Alex Leatherwood, he was a subject of uh, one of the questions John Gruden was asked. So here's John Gruden talking about the rookie, Alex Leatherwood and his struggles. Well, look, he's he's a work in progress. He's uh, he's competing. Uh, he does have uh, some things to clean up, as we all do. But uh, he's mentally tough. He's athletic. Um, I think he'll continue to get better and better the more he plays. But there's going to be some growing pains. But uh, he's athletic. You know, he's long armed. He's got some strength. Um, we just got to have more consistency from everybody, me included. So there's John Gruden talking about rookie Alex Leatherwood right there, and uh, he's got some growing pains. He's a work in progress. That's some of the words that John Gruden said right there. And it's funny because listening to Vinny on In the Huddle, especially when he has Lincoln Kennedy on, obviously Lincoln Kennedy, a really good offensive lineman uh, who played for the Raiders, and he's on the broadcast with Brent Musburger, does a great job, and this is his area of expertise. So I like to really tune in, especially when it's about the offensive line. And the one thing he was saying about Alex Leatherwood is he said that right now, the only tool that he really has on his tool belt, and I'm just I'm not quoting him. I'm just kind of paraphrasing what he said is the only tool he really has is the, the, the jab. He's really strong. He tries to use his strength right now where you can't do that in the NFL all the time, because if you go out there and you extend that arm, one of the speed rushers is going to knock that arm down and get right past you like a Joey Bosa is going to do or like a Khalil Mack who's potentially coming to town on uh, on Saturday with the Bears or any of the other guys, TJ Watt when he was in there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, any of the guys, any of the big dog pass rushers that know what they're doing, like you know, like I said, Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe, those guys who are professional pass rushers, they're going to see that, you extend your arm, and boom, they knock it down, they get right past you. He said, and I, I thought this was really cool, he said, you got to – 
think about this position, the right tackle position, you got to look at it like you're a boxer where you're not always going for the knockout punch. You're not always going for the home run hit. You got to go ahead and you've got to be able to to be in that, you know, that counter, almost that wax on, wax off. That was the example I used. You say you got to kind of be wax on, wax off. You got to be kind of nimble with your hands and just pat, 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 pat instead of trying to always hit with the power, the strength. And he said, hey, look, he's a young dude. Uh, He's coming from Alabama, and that's what he knows is just kind of a power blocking and just just be a mauler. You can't always be a mauler because they're going to use your strength against you. And that's what you're seeing when you see these speed rushers fly by Alex Leatherwood. That's something that he's got to learn. But the good thing about Leatherwood, and I'll say this as a guy who is very critical about the selection when they got him, he is a guy that has no problem uh, being given constructive criticism, being taught, and taught tough. Uh, a guy that, you know, Tom Cable can get on his helmet and get on him t- tough and he'll learn. He's not going to take it personal. He's just going to get out there and try to get the job done. So uh, I-, I like that about Leatherwood, but we all know he's got to improve in a major way. And I also heard people say, well, kick him in the guard. If they're kicking him in the guard after four games, then that's a bad pick. That was a bad selection. Mike Mayock said that he was going to be the starting right tackle and hopefully he can hold that spot down and then You know, if he doesn't, then they'll move him in the guard. But, man, if you're giving up on him at the tackle position after four games, something's wrong. Then you're seeing something in practice that you really don't like. So hopefully he's able to kind of continue to improve, get his stuff together, and and be that tackle that they selected him to be. Because if they move him in the guard, then what are you going to do at the tackle position? you got to come up with a guy who will hold that spot down and, and, and get rid of that turnstile that you've had at the tackle spot. So. Something to pay attention to in a major way. But, man, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's a work in progress. It's a struggle. And on top of that, since they're already on backups, you know, Richie Incognito was supposed to be in there. Denzel Good was supposed to be in there. Those guys aren't. So now they're on their backups. Now they have no depth at all. And that goes back to what we talked about early. Matter of fact, in the preseason, when I said that the depth of this team is going to hurt them, they have a good, solid front you know, line as far as you know, the, the, the good players on the team. They have really good starters. They have decent backups, but they don't really have a lot of depth. And that's going back to drafting and missing on your draft picks. You just got to hit. I mentioned the other day on Raider Nation Radio talking about uh, Trevon Diggs, who plays for the Dallas Cowboys, and then Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett was selected in the first round. Trayvon Diggs was selected in the second round. Diggs has five interceptions on the season already. Damon Arnett has one pass breakup. One. One and can't even get on the field. You know, he's injured right now, so again, I don't want to wish you know injury on nobody, but Think about that. And they play in the same kind of scheme. Can you imagine Trayvon Diggs and Gus Bradley's scheme? Casey Hayward, Trayvon Mullen, and Trayvon Diggs out there? Bruh. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Casey Hayward would be, he might not even be on the team. He might have been expendable. Or, Or like I said, he might not even be a starter. He might be depth. But that would be a good thing. That'd be a good problem to have, right? Again, it goes back to the lack of depth. And now that the offensive line is as banged up as it is, and there's other areas of the team that's banged up as well, what are they gonna do? If they go and start making trades and signing free agents, then that means that they have to release people and they have to give up draft capital. And then that's going to hurt their next draft and that's going to hurt their depth some more. So it all goes back to you've got to draft and you've got to develop and you've got to hit on the right players. And right now it looks like the Raiders haven't hit on the right players enough to build up that cupboard full of talent. That is one of the major issues, one of the major struggles. And again, as I mentioned, this team is going to go as far as their depth takes them. Right now they're at 3-1, and one, but they can't afford too many more hits, and they got to get this offensive line to gel. They've got to become one cohesive unit. Can they do that starting this week? I don't know. It's a short week, and it's the Chicago Bears. <laughs> you know, you got some dogs coming to town in, uh, in Khalil Mack. 
and also Robert Quinn, not to mention guys that they have in the middle of the defensive line. So they got guys that can get after the quarterback. So they're going to be tested early. They're going to be tested often on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. But that's all I got for you for segment number two. Just wanted to talk about the offensive line, uh, give you those grades that Pro Football Focus has on them right now, and let you hear what John Gruden had to say about the O-line and how it needs to improve. Segment number three is on the way. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Even got a tweet that I'll share with you. That's all coming up. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And if you go to BuiltBar.com, you could always check out what limited time flavor that they have. I'm excited that they finally got me a box and sent it to the house in Vegas. I'm sure that for the longest I had a box, maybe a couple boxes, maybe whoever lived in my old house in Texas is enjoying their Built Bars right now because I know I wasn't getting them. But finally, the other day, they showed up, so I'm good to go. Uh, but you can be good to go. And they have a lot of good flavors, limited time flavors as well, like churro. Churro Puffs, that one's available right now. Cherry Lime is available right now. Mint Marshmallow Puffs is available. Peanut Butter Brownie, that's available. Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Oldie But Goodie, Raspberry, Mint Brownie. A lot of good flavors of Built Bar. Great taste of protein bar. Looks like a candy bar. Tastes like a candy bar. Smells like a candy bar at times, but it's not. It's a really good protein bar. Makes you feel good about having a late night snack while you're watching the game. Maybe you're watching uh, the the baseball game that was on last night uh, between the Yankees and the Red Sox, and you thought, hey, you know what? I need a Built Bar. Maybe you're watching WNBA playoffs. Who knows what you're watching? But either way, BuiltBar.com is the site to go to to get your protein bar on. And LOCK15 is the promo code that you want to use if you want to save 15% off your order. Again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. I also want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. And as I'm talking about football each and every day here on the Locked On Raiders podcast, we're talking about football each and every day uh, in the world. It doesn't matter if we're talking pro football, college football. It's all about football. Once football season hits, we know. That's what it is, right? Football, football, football. Well, BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all things football. They're your number one source as well. Head to the website on your mobile device or your laptop. You can sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. It used to be back in the day a 50% welcome bonus. Now it's 100%. So you put $500 in, you're going to get $500 on top of that if you use the promo code Locked On just for signing up and just for putting your deposit in and using that promo code Locked On. So football is major, but there's more than football. Basketball, it's on the way. Boxing, UFC, baseball, of course, is going on. Hockey is on the way back. Can't wait till the Vegas Golden Knights get back in action. Some preseason action I saw on TV, but uh, it's going to be back. BetOnline.ag has got you covered. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and they are your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline.ag. Check them out today. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Again, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Sean Mann in the Quad Cities. Haven't heard from him in a while. He's hitting us up saying, this is Sean Mann from the Quad Cities. We got embarrassed Monday night. Our offense has potential to be one of the best in the league. That being said, we can't come out and keep playing from behind. Last year, I'm pretty sure we would start strong but finish poorly. Our O-line needs help ASAP. Leatherwood has to get some damn discipline. He's a first-round pick. I want to give him a break, but this is becoming consistent. We can't have that. We may need to make some trades. I'm not sure, but this is not it. We can't keep letting Carr get sacked, and we need to get number 28 going and some push off the line. I'm not sure what happened on that third down play, but Carr looked like he froze up and didn't even try to get away. In that situation, I'm going for it on fourth down. The offense was looking good. We didn't even get a chance after that. Also, our defense is starting to worry me. We are down bad in the cornerback position, and our run defense is atrocious. We need to get healthy, or this is going to be a long season. 
Funny how everyone is freaking out and talking this and that, but didn't say anything when we were 3-0. Almost like some of these Raider fans want Carr to do bad and Gruden just to complain. Anyway, let's take care of the Bears this week. Raiders. That's from Sean Mann in the Quad Cities. Pretty lengthy text right there. Thank you so much, my man. And I, I wouldn't say it's time to panic at all at this point. I just say that that was kind of a, a wake-up call for anybody that was, you know, calling the podcast and calling the radio station and saying, hey, 7-0, 8-0, man, this team's going to the Super Bowl. Take it one game at a time. Every team in the NFL, I don't care what the record is, is a team that can come out and win a game on any given Sunday. You've got to go out there and you've got to just handle your business. Being healthy is part of it. And the Raiders have not been healthy. We talked about it and documented it quite a bit in segment number two. That's just the reality of the beast, man. They've got to get healthy and the O-line's got to come together. It's really the biggest keys right now that the Raiders have moving forward. Getting healthy and getting that O-line cleaned up so uh thank you so much for that text i do appreciate you next up got a call from raider matt in the oc he's calling to talk about that stupid joey bosa Derek carr shook comment uh that if you haven't heard i'll let you hear but here's raider matt talking about it from the oc what up you what up raider nation this is your boy raider matt from the oc wanted to call in after hearing an interview from joey bosa talking about Derek carr getting shook and not sure if you guys have seen this or heard about that recently but Man, what a clown. Um wanted to just call and see what your thoughts were on that cue because right after uh, Derek got shook in the first half, he went right down the Chargers' throat for two drives and put up two TDs, 21-14, and then the defense put the ball in the Raiders' hands an extra time down 21-14 to go down and tie the game. So just want to get your thoughts on that cue and see if you've noticed anything in practice where Derek looks, quote-unquote, shook when pressure comes through. And if uh, anyone from Raider Nation has seen anything or if anyone uh, behind the scenes has seen anything regarding Derek Carr and his ability to navigate pressure, because I just think that's a clown statement from a clown player. Um, Joey Bosa, you're a, good, you're, you're a good defensive end, but get out of here with that nonsense. Hopefully this lights a fire under the Raiders the next time we meet the uh, Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego or whatever they're calling themselves nowadays, and we put a whooping on them down in good old Vegas. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, man, and see what you thought. Raider Nation, just win, baby. Let's dig on the Bears this week and get back on track. There he goes. That's Raider Matt in the OC. And thank you for the call, my man. I think you hit it on the head. It was a clown statement by a dude who got the win, and he was feeling himself. And I, I just think it was stupid. I know a lot of Raider Nation got us some play off of it. Some folks agreed with Joey Bosa. I did not. I just thought it was a, I thought it was a dumb comment. But uh, for anyone who didn't hear what Joey Bosa had to say, and I don't know if this is the whole thing or not, uh, but here's a little 20-second clip of him talking about Derek Carr being, and I say this in air quotes, shook. Uh, we knew once we hit him a few times, he really gets shook. And, and you saw on, on CeCe's sack, he was pretty much curling into the ball before we even got back there. So um, great dude, great player. He's been having a great year. But we know once you get pressure on him, he kind of shuts down and he's not as effective with the with a crowded pocket, so uh, that, was, that was the key to it. So there's Joey Bosa, and you know, that got a lot of play on Tuesday, and a lot of folks, some folks uh, in Raider Nation that's just not Carr fans agreed with him 100%. Yeah, Derek Carr was scared. He, uh, he quit out there. He didn't want to be out. I mean, just a bunch of nonsense, even though he really uh, put the team in good position in the second half and had an opportunity to tie the game uh, late in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, had an opportunity to make it happen and just 
wasn't able to do it. And it's funny because there's not a lot of time that the national media actually backs up the Raiders and especially backs up Derek Carr. But I found this to be pretty interesting. Jim Trotter from NFL.com. He's a Hall of Fame voter. Uh, He's been around the league for many, many moons. He was on NFL Network on uh, Tuesday, and he was actually talking about the Joey Bosa comments. Check this out. Yeah, I want to talk to Joey Bosa here and say this. You were way out of line with your comments on Derek Carr last night. If he was as bad or as cowardly as you intimated, why was he 9 of 10 for 76 yards and two touchdown passes in the third quarter behind a line that couldn't protect him? Look, even if what you were saying was true, and it is not, why would you say it about a member of your NFL fraternity? You're better than that, Joey. I know that was short and sweet by Jim Trotter, but again, it's very rare that he says too much positive about the Raiders, and especially Derek Carr or anything that has to do with John Gruden. He's just not a big fan of what the Raiders have going on, but I do like the fact that he said, hey, look, you know, I I can see uh, BS or I hear BS when I hear it, and that was it right there. And to take it a step further, I never, and you know this for a fact, anyone who's listened to this show for, I don't know, more than a day knows that I never go to the debate shows. I never go to the first takes. I never go to the undisputed. And I sure as hell am never going to quote Shannon Sharp a former Bronco, a former Baltimore Raven, another guy who doesn't have any respect for the Raiders whatsoever. But even Shannon Sharp from Undisputed has these things to say about Joey Bosa's comments, and I found this to be interesting as well. Derek Carr isn't different than any other quarterback. I don't know how far Joey Bosa goes back, but just go look at what the Giants did to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Look at what the uh, Legion of Boom did to Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. If you want to beat the court, if you want to be the team to have an elite quarterback, pressure him, hit him in his mouth, and see what happens. Skip, we see Tom Brady now. Is that Tom Brady sees he's going to get sacked? He, he drops. Peyton Manning would drop because I'm going to avoid the big hit. I'm not going to let you put no big hit. Guys looking down the, the barrel of the gun like they used to say, Skip, there's too, there's too great a risk in that. So guys say, you know what? I'm going to live to fight another day. I saw a guy, team get down 21 nothing. He comes out of the half, goes on a six-minute drive, get it to 21-7. They stop him, get the ball back, goes 21-14. Does that look like a guy that curled in the ball to me? It sounds like Joey Bosa sounds like a guy that's not used to winning in the NFL. That's what it sounds like to me. Because those are things that you say when you win and you haven't won a lot. You won. Accept that. You guys did a great job. But to say Derek Carr is unlike any other quarterback that once you pressure him and you keep pressuring him and you keep pounding him, all of a sudden he's just going to keep standing and keep standing. That's what they say. Al Davis coined it, said it best, Skip. The quarterback must go down and he must go down hard. So he went on to say more, but uh, you get the gist of it right there. I mean, when Shannon Sharp is going to Derek Carr's defense and talking about him like that, you know there's something because that very rarely happens. And shout out to everyone who tweeted that little clip to me. A lot of folks hit me up uh, throughout the day on Tuesday sending that saying, Q, you got to hear this. And yeah, again, very rarely do I go to Undisputed. Very rarely do I go to First Take. But that was one of those sound bites that I just, I had to have. So uh, I used it on Raider Nation Radio 920 as well on uh, Tuesday. Just thought it was something that was pretty, pretty, Pretty powerful stuff from one Shannon Sharp. How about a tweet from Daniel James Smith at Boss D Smith, and that's Smith with a Y, S-M-Y-T-H on Twitter. What's up, Q? This is Dan and Martinez. I love all the content you're putting out these days. I wanted to bring up a concern I have with the Gus Bradley scheme. It's been out there for so long now that offensive coordinators know exactly how to attack it. Don't get me wrong, having an actual system and players that fit the system is better than what we've been doing for years. The issue is that a good OC can move pieces around, and the next thing you know, a linebacker is trying to cover a wide receiver. In regards to the Chargers game, L.A. had to play pretty much a perfect game to beat us. If Carr hits rugs on that last bomb, if the Jacobs first down is an overturn, if the ball thrown to Cook hits Perriman's well-placed arm on the fourth 
fourth down play, or if we actually make the 52-yard field goal, we may be talking about a W instead of how terrible the O-line played. Thanks, Q. That is from Daniel Smith on Twitter, at Boss D. Smith. Thanks so much for that. And I'll say this, to talk about Gus Bradley's scheme, uh, there's not an offensive coordinator in the league that doesn't know every scheme in the league. I mean, it's just simple. Everyone has film. Everyone knows how to break it down. That's why they get paid the big bucks. They know how to do that. And a lot of it is uh, moving guys around to try to get the best matchup. And that's what John Gruden does offensively as well. Tries to get Darren Waller lined up on someone who can't cover him. That's just, I mean, that's just part of the chess match. You know, they're always thinking a couple plays ahead. So uh, I don't think it's Gus Bradley's scheme or that it's been around for so long. It's something that allows the team to play a lot faster and it gives them a chance. And really the defense was not the big struggle, was not the big problem. Now, did they have a struggle stopping the run? Yeah, sure they did. But they gave the Raiders chances. I mean, they stopped the, the Chargers off four or five drives uh, and, and gave the ball back to the offense. The offense just wasn't able to get anything cooking. And yeah, there's a lots of, you know, ifs and buts going on and we could be talking about a different game, but uh, ultimately, Carr didn't hit rugs on that bomb. Jacobs' uh, play was overturned. Perriman didn't knock down that ball from thrown to Cook on fourth down. And the Raiders missed their 52-yard field goal. I mean, there's a lot of different things that happened. And the Raiders just took the L. So, hey, it's a, it's a L. You're 3-1 after four games. The first quarter of the season is in the books. And now you start anew. And, and Sunday, that's when you get to start against the Chicago Bears. Got time for one more call. And we'll take it from Big Drew out of H-Town, Houston, Texas. He's calling to talk about multiple subjects, including the offensive line, the Raider fans who said the Chargers offense wasn't that good, and what his takeaway was from Gruden's presser. Here he is, Big Drew out of H-Town. Yo, what up, Q? This is Big Drew calling out of Houston. Um, try to get through this without cursing on your line, man. But um, anyways, I know I've called in the past to talk about how we suck at drafting in the first round, and I can't say that I'm wrong. Um, our O-line, I hate to say this, is trash. Our O-line is just terrible. Uh, we need to address that ASAP. Um, Leatherwood is almost a liability at this point. We can almost count on him getting called for one or two flags a game, which is just horrible. Um, I don't mean to bash him. He's a young kid. He's learning. Uh, Colton Miller was a project, and he's a stud now, so I still have hope for Leatherwood, but we desperately need to do something about that O-line. Um, the money that we used on Drake could have gone there. That would have been great because he's not doing anything for us either. Also, um, I don't know where us Raider fans got the idea that the Chargers' offense wasn't that great. I mean, they got two stud receivers, a do-it-all running back, a rising star at quarterback, and a top-ten O-line. I don't get where where we slept on them. Um, also, going back to Gruden, I feel like he put a little bit of more blame on the defense in his pressure than he did the offense. And I get it, 28 points is a lot. But when you give a offense – when you give – the ball to an offense with that talent, of course they're going to score as many times as we gave them the ball. Of course they are. Um, just not happy about this damn win. Luckily, we have a, a lighter schedule coming up in these next four weeks or so, but I just don't like to look forward because when looking forward in the past, we've obviously been f- uh, when doing that. So, anyways, Q, just wanted to vent a little bit. Uh, we'll bounce back. I know we will. Um, oh, yeah, going back to that first round. <laughs> About a second in the first round, Arnett, man, just trade him for whatever we can at this point, honestly. Seventh round, sixth round, whatever, man. Anyways, Q, have a good one. Raider Nation out. 
There he goes. That's Big Drew calling out of H-Town. Thank you so much for my man for that call. And, yeah, the offensive line's a work in progress. Right now, the work is not good. They got a lot to be desired. And I don't know how long it's going to take to get things going, but they need to do it quick, fast, and in a hurry. They got some pass rushers coming to town in Chicago. Uh, they've already gone up against a bunch of pass rushers, but they've got to find a way to improve. And I don't know exactly what it's going to take to make it happen, but they have got to do it. It's only four games through the season, so you don't want to get on a two, three, four-game losing streak. Then all of a sudden, you're looking up wondering what happened. This offensive line has got to take it on the chin. they got to look at themselves in the mirror, and they got to figure things out. And that's on Tom Cable to get it figured out as well. So thank you so much for that call, my man. I, I do appreciate you, no doubt about it. Coming up on tomorrow's show, it's already Thursday. That's a good thing, right? Crossover Thursday, I'll be talking to uh, Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears. He'll be talking all things Bears and Raiders as uh, they prepare for week five of the regular season. This game will be at Allegiant Stadium. So uh, the good thing is we get to turn the page. Quick, fast, and hurry, throw this game out the window and uh, just get ready to uh, try to start another one-game winning streak. That's all you can do. One week at a time, try to go 1-0 in week five. That's all they can do. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe. Take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.